guys, welcome to our podcast where we talk about topics we have no business discussing because coaches don't play. Hi, my name is Pooja. I'm Kavya. And today is No Discourse December. <laughs> now that No Nuance November is done, um, Flex Mommy on Instagram coined this term. But we're just going to be talking about our slightly controversial to extremely controversial takes on everything <laughs> from love to uh, men. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay, so the very first one that I have is that hope is at its core the same thing as delusion. See, this is so controversial because every time you start talking about this, I'm like, for God, why? (laughs) Explain. Because if you say you're a pessimist, I'm going to end my life. (laughs) No, no, I'm not a pessimist at all, actually. Like, I think that... Um, to add some nuance or some discourse to um, like whatever I'm saying, um, I think hope is like very necessary as like human beings in order to survive. Like I think it's hope is the only thing that keeps us alive aside from curiosity. But I think that it's inherently delusional. Like I think hope is the exact same thing as delusional because you're basically like as much as you can like justify it as saying like, oh, like based on the events that have happened in my life, like I have hope that this will happen. Like it's still based on delusion. Like it could very much completely not come true. You know what I mean? Okay, see, I'm kind of warming up to this idea because I've also... I just, like, hate realism. Like, people that are very realistic, like, I think that's so boring. Like, if I had to be realistic in every moment of my life, I feel like I'd be pessimistic. So, like, I would rather choose delusion. And if hope is delusion, I feel like I'm kind of okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever I say this, people are always like, oh, but you have hope. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I have hope because I'm a human being and, like, human beings are delusional. Like, you know what I mean? Like, think about the (laughs) fact that, like... It takes me off guard whenever you say it, though, because it sounds kind of like, dang, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a very jarring statement to make. But like, think about like the entire like our entire lives are built off of all these like constructs and illusionary like things, right? Like race and like so many different gender and like all these different things that we attach ourselves to. Like all of these things are delusion. So like, I think maybe it's because there's like a negative connotation to the word delusion, but like. You know, I mean, it is what it is, you know? (laughs) My first controversial take would be, okay, I feel like this is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. People who date for more than three years at our age, please seek help, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I think people who date with the intention to last at our age are setting themselves up for heartbreak. Like, we take dating way too seriously, especially at our age. And I just think, like, we'd be a lot happier if the general intention for dating was, like, with lower stakes and just having fun together. Like, do you really think you are going to last? Because that sounds delusional to me. (laughs) (laughs) We're juniors in college, and I still know people that are dating from high school, and I'm, like, low-key side-eyed. Like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. Yeah, I don't know. Um... See, when I think about that, I'm like, well, if you have a lot of dating experience, like some people have, like we're like 20, we're in our third year of college, right? So like in this time, like some people have been dating since the beginning of high school, right? Mm -hmm. So they've been through like many different kinds of romantic relationships. So sometimes I can see that. But a lot of times, like, especially with, with all my friends, like they've either never been in a relationship or only been in one relationship maximum, right? So like when you jump into a relationship now and you are like fully convinced that you are going to last like i'm not so sure about that you know yeah no really because that's my thing because i just don't understand like how people like really think they're gonna last when they date 
Like, that just seems so delusional to me. Like, I know, again, this comes back to, like, having hope. But, like, that seems unrealistic. <laughs> that, I'll say that is the one thing that I'm very realistic about in his dating. Like, I just do not trust men like that. <laughs> also, like, for what? Like, what are you trying to last for? Like, I'm trying to have fun and go. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. One time, um, Bobo on Instagram, she asked this question. And she said, like, her question was... If romantic love doesn't last, then, like, why do we keep participating in it? Or why do we keep trying to sustain it, right? And, like, I have, like, three different answers for this. Like, first of all, I think that we convince ourselves, like, that this specific romantic love is different until it inevitably ends. Like, every single time you fall in love with someone, like, every time it's new, like, it's always, like, as much as, like, you may have a type or whoever, like, the love that you have with that person is always going to be different because you're a different person you know what i mean so like it feels so unique and special to you like even when you break up like even when we break up with people we think that even though like everyone goes through breakups like we think that that experience is reserved just to us you know what i mean yeah i also think when people start relationships like they are really happy and like they're scared of that happiness ending and they like want that happiness to continue and that's like why they want to believe that their relationship will last that's why like i think i've seen so many relationships that are just like it's like clear they've come to an end but people want to make it last and like that's where like a lot of like sadness comes from you can also say the same with friendship Mm -hmm. i think that i go into i do go into relationships um wanting them to last for a pretty long time you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but at the same time i think that the way that you approach relationships is a lot more healthy (laughs) i think it's a lot healthier i mean this is to say i haven't been in a relationship yet so like how how like where is this taking me maybe i shouldn't be this realistic (laughs) yeah that's true yeah who knows yeah who really knows like i i think that like the world like that question whenever people ask that question that bubble was asking it's always like well the world is ending so it's just like why do we live if we know we're gonna die (laughs) you know what i mean it's like why why it's like why do we why are we in relationships if we know it's gonna end inevitably because like the happiness that you feel in that moment is like worth it you know and like oftentimes like you're gonna want that to last no but that's what i'm saying like i'm saying like we should just be in these relationships and be okay with the fact that it's gonna end but i feel like there's so much devastation around like it not lasting like you know what i'm saying also my problem with this my thing about three years is i feel like most people i know they date for three years and then they break up like past three years is like very crazy for me and i also feel like you are setting yourself up for devastation in that way and that like if you don't intend to last forever or like at least like much but you longer do. you do intend to last forever everyone thinks that it's gonna last forever that's true, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i also think that like especially like during our in our age the reason why so many people like get attached to these relationships and think it's gonna last forever is because you're in your growing stages so when you grow up with someone like you grow through like these really big experiences such as college and high school and like all the things that happen then like figuring out your life your sense of mm-hmm. self and you're doing it while you're partnered with this person that person is is almost a part of you because you grew together yeah. you know but yeah also my last take on that like why we still um participate in romantic relationships even though we know it's gonna end like i think that the joy you feel 
um, in one moment when you're in love can be so much stronger than the amount of joy you feel over the course of like years in some platonic relationships. Like I feel like when you're falling in love with someone or when you're trying to create a romantic relationship with someone, the process of like getting to know them is like sped up by so much because like you're literally dating that person. And how often do we date our friends? You know, like when you're first trying to get some get to know someone as a friend, like you're it's very casual. There's not a lot of pressure on it. You're not like oh so what's your past traumas like. What's your last relationship been like? Like, you're not exposing yourself like that. This kind of goes into my next hot take. But, like, what you're saying about, like, friendships versus relationships, I think, like, the reason there's so, like... I think the reason we have such high stakes for relationships is because we put so much of ourselves into relationships and we don't put that same effort into friendships. So, like, my next hot take would be, like, I think all of us just have unrealistic standards for our friendships because of the media around us this could be generally said for like our ch- our 20s in general and friendships in our 20s but i just think people place too much expectation on their relationships and like you're meant to enjoy them so why does everyone take them so seriously when like it could be the same thing as a friendship it's because like a relationship they're supposed to be like that one person and your special person but a friendship is just like so general that i feel like people don't put like as much effort into them but they expect to gain like such deep level of friendships wait so what's your hot what's the hot take specifically i just think we have way too unrealistic standards like set for our friendships Mm. i think that's because like regardless of the fact that you have multiple friends like you're still seeking that like best friend or like that core best friend group you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like even though it's like oh but you have so many friends like you're still seeking for like that one special connection with like this one specific person and if you don't have that it seems like you're failing yeah, it's because we're still we're still seeking like our forever friends. Like, you know, I feel like it's the same thing as like a romantic relationship and where you're seeking out like that special person. But in a friendship, like you're looking for your quote unquote like bridesmaids, like the yeah. people that are going to last like until your 40s, especially in college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like even it's it's showed in media. Obviously, these are things that are sold to us in media. Like when you look at Grey's Anatomy, for example, like Christina and Meredith, like they're like best friends. And like aside from like her husband or her boyfriend like that's her go-to you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like I wish I could just say like oh I just want to enjoy some time with some random people but like I am still like it's kind of disappointed when I haven't met like my quote-unquote soulmate like you know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) yeah like in terms of like the two things that you just said like yeah I think that uh, I I think that like I am learning to like soften like my expectations of like a romantic relationship especially as I get older and I realize like because I recently realized just how young I am I feel like um a lot of the rhetoric around like college is like you start your 20s as soon as you go to freshman year you know what I mean yeah that's very much how I felt yeah you I just started my 20s like I just turned 20 and I realized like why am I running in the rat race like my 20s just started you know what I mean yeah it's so jarring Mm -hmm. like it's actually very jarring to turn 20 because i'm like my 20s just started but i felt like they started when i started college i felt like i was behind but then i just realized i wasn't yeah (laughs) yeah i think that like also when you start applying realism to the concept of marriage and just like questioning um why you would even want to get married in the first place what are you going to gain from from it especially as a woman i could do a whole um episode on like how women don't benefit (laughs) from from most relationships you know uh, romantic relationships it's mostly like like in hetero relationships men um more often than not benefit the most like 
from a romantic relationship but yeah once you start questioning like the concept of marriage and if you genuinely want it because a lot of times like these things are sold to us um through media and society and everything and we don't really question it we just take that on as our own desire when it's really not you know and once you start doing that that also releases a lot of pressure from your romantic relationships i think the reason why we want it to last so long and like be this big thing is for marriage or like as a life partner not as like a boyfriend or a girlfriend yeah Mm -hmm. it's because we're told that like long relationships are successful relationships so of course like we want to prove to ourselves like yeah i can be in a successful relationship like i can make it work for a long time and then when you're saying this um what you're saying about friendships like I agree. Like, I think we do put a lot of pressure on our relationships. One thing, um, I learned about this in class, and, like, my mom has told me about this, too, but it's called, like, the strength of weak ties. Um, It's just, like, placing value on relationships that aren't as strong, like, not your best friends, but, like, your friend that you can go to the gym with or your friend that you can study with, et cetera, et cetera. Like, those people are actually super important to you, even though we don't think as highly of them, because they have so many connections outside of your immediate circle. You know what I mean? Like, the people that you associate with, like your best friends and your friend group, they're probably going to have the same connections and like the same interests that you do. But like the friend that you see once a week for, I don't know, to study or something, like they probably can introduce you to so many other things, you know? No, I 10 out of 10 definitely did agree with that. Because like the people that I'm the most excited and the happiest to see are very much like these random acquaintances that I see like maybe once or twice like a semester. I'm so excited to see those people. Whereas like, my regular friends like it's kind of taken for granted that i will see them you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i think that my yeah my mom always says like you'd feel a lot less lonely if you real if you placed value on like the friends that aren't your best friends oh that's a good one <laughs> yeah because like last year like when i didn't have like that many best friends or like a best friend group or anything i was always like oh i haven't i don't have any friends i don't have any friends right mm-hmm. and my mom was like what are you talking about what about that girl you do this with or what about that guy you text every now and then and i'm like oh no but those are just like those are just people you know what i mean and I'm yeah. like, those are your friends like those are people that take up space in your life you know and once you start considering them like it feels like you're you feel a lot less lonely i think that's something that I really want to work on like in the future is having less expectations for my friendships and placing more value on them because I think I've done that with relationships like I really don't expect anything in a romantic sense but with my friendships it's like I have placed a lot of hope on like finding like people that will last a really long time and it's just, it's so funny because I was just talking about how it's unrealistic to expect like relationships to last but applying that to a friendship is difficult <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I think that I think, yeah, I think I don't have as much expectation for friendships as of now, you know, like maybe that'll change like in the future. But right now, I don't think I place um, a lot of pressure on my friendships. But that's also very easy for me to say because I have like a few like I have a couple like really close friends from like high school and like even earlier than that that I can always depend on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So to think about it from the perspective of someone who like doesn't have any like close friends or people to rely on like everyone that they know is just a good friend like I can see how like that would feel very alienating especially during our age where like everything is framed as like a coming of age movie you know like oh you have like that best friend you have like that best friend group you know that's why I would say media has like irreversibly like affected the way that we see life and that is so hard to come to terms with yeah especially in the United States yeah yeah Mm mm-hmm 
but um that actually goes into my next um my next no discourse december okay okay we're transitioning well <laughs> yeah so mine was purely romantic love is unsustainable okay okay explain yeah so okay let me preface this by saying i refuse to date my friends i think that's gross um <laughs> That is so gross. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I kind of understand, but at the same time, like, I would like to believe. I'm sorry. You know, no. Every, like, all those girls who are like, yeah, I want to date my guy best friend. I'm like, no. Especially, like, in TV shows, whenever um, the, they're, like, these two best friends, they're a guy and the, a girl, and then re- they, they start making out. I'm like, no. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you're ruining everything. Anyways, that was, that I veered off, but basically... <laughs> purely romantic love is unsustainable in terms of like if you let's say you do actually want a long-term relationship like romantic relationship right like i feel like the way i go about them is like starting off like from purely romantic thing and like Mm -hmm. developing a friendship with them i think that like if you're just relying on like the feeling of love to like sustain that relationship like it's just not gonna work like you have to have like that level of candor that comes with being friends with someone you know what i mean because not everything can be like lust and love all the time Mm -hmm. but yeah that's it (laughs) no i agree i think people really romanticize relationships which you would think is the whole point but that kind of makes stuff very difficult again like media teaches us like communication isn't that necessary to a relationship because like they should just know things and i was like why can't you approach this similar to a friendship where that you have to explain Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like how you want to be treated you know yeah i don't think that romantic love like that connection or whatever like that special connection you have with that one person or whatever is just gonna automatically combine your brains and like transfer information you know what i mean (laughs) because like yeah i i think you're right in that like the way we communicate with our friends like we don't expect them or for most of the time or at least this is how the, the way i approach my friendships like there is no expectation from them that like they just can read my mind you know um my next controversial opinion this is this actually makes me kind of sad okay (laughs) what (laughs) i wrote this down and i was a little bit sad but also this goes into something that i think is hilarious i just think that men will always see women as less than them and they don't challenge that idea enough oh yeah absolutely like i can very much like name instances where all the men in my life have just done like very sus things where i'm like you don't think i'm very intelligent (laughs) do you Or you don't see me as your equal. Like, compare how a man treats you to how a man treats another man. And there is, like, a big difference there. But my controversial opinion surrounding that would be that men blame women for so many things that are just the patriarchy. And, like, so once again, like, just work on that yourself. Because, again, (laughs) that's that's not any of my my business. business. A.K.A. this height thing. This height thing. If you have an inferiority complex about your height, that is not my problem. And that is not women's fault. (laughs) You need to work on that yourself, baby. So my... Also, yeah, I just hate men with inferiority complexes. Maybe that's, like, kind of mean because I'm like, I don't care about their self-esteem. But, like, a man with an inferiority complex is horrible to be around. Yeah, no, we talked about this in a past episode. I don't really remember which one it was. We were talking about how, like, calling men cute and, like, using words like that to describe them, like, like a little baby kind of thing, is, like, emasculating, and, like, maybe we should stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely revoke that statement, that and that complete line of thought, <laughs> because how is it any of my business that you're not comfortable with your masculinity or your femininity or whatever it is, you know what I mean? I just feel like, 
I know like every time like we bring up women's health or mental health, um, someone is always coming out of left field being like, men's mental health matters. Men are killing themselves at higher rates, blah, 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 blah. Okay, here's the thing. Like this is horrible for me to say, I know because I'm a public health major, but like I don't care. Like this is like, it's not that I don't care. It's- <laughs> Listen, let me rephrase that. It's not my issue. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. It's kind of like men like all lives matter like women anytime mm. a woman mm-hmm. starts talking about women's issue a man comes out of left field and it's like what about men and i'm like if you care so much why don't you use your own platform and discuss please absolutely see here's the thing men will get mad at our podcast okay like i, I get the messages like i see them like you know what i mean like <laughs> People, like men be in my dms like oh like, you can't say this about men because like girls are mean to men too like girls do this girls do that and i'm like then go start your own podcast make an entire episode on how women are what oppressing men and then i'll listen to it and then i'll educate myself <laughs> maybe you want to come like i don't understand like it's like i don't understand how i'm a woman supposed to give the male perspective like, if you want, then, okay, then come on our podcast, talk about it. But the thing is, people, these men don't because, like, they're scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's, like, literally, that's what I was about to say. Because, like, why would you want a woman to talk about men's issues? Like, your owl will only be able to do an injustice to your issues. Because I'm never going to understand a man's perspective. Like, why would you not want to just explain your own perspective? It's like how I don't understand men to actually understand women completely. You just won't. Because this is not your lived experience. <laughs> yeah. And, like, even the thing is, like, let's say I made men's mental health my issue, right? Like, I made my entire life's purpose to focus on that. Men don't listen to women. Like, like you were saying, like, men will always see women as inferior, right? And, like, they don't address Mm -hmm. that enough. Like, that's the thing. If you want me to go and explain to a man, like, they're just going to throw it back and mansplain to me, like, their issues. Like, they're not going to (laughs) listen to me. It's like how, like, white people only listen to white people. Once again, like, this is all the patriarchy you should be working to dismantle. But I feel like men just, like, tend to blame women. Like, the whole height thing, like, I've never understood that's why that's women's problem. Like, men started that like no no explain that a little bit because i'm not sure if everyone knows like the whole okay my whole thing about height is that that's not my business because there's a reason that women want men that are taller than them women want men that are bigger than them because men like it when women are shorter because they feel more masculine and the girl will feel more feminine yep and like if you in the patriarchy where we all value femininity and like beauty and feeling wanted of course, women are going to want men that are taller than them. Like, men started that. When women are taller, like, men don't like that. Like, those women are made fun of time and time again because they make other men feel emasculated. And that's not what men are looking for. So once again, like, if the, if men started this issue of wanting women that are shorter than them and making those women the ideal and what is wanted, then how is it yeah. women's fault if we always want taller men? of course we want to feel more wanted we want to feel smaller we want to feel dainty because that's what the patriarchy has done to us and even when taller women get with short men people always make fun of them so i'm like why would you expect women to go for shorter men yeah here's the thing like even if a taller woman wanted a shorter man like would the shorter man accept it no because he would always seek a girl that's even shorter than him because they don't want to feel further emasculated 
and like just to like and like to wrap up like this whole statement like there was one time a guy asked me he was like oh like i want to be like an ally or whatever to women but like i'm not really sure what there is for me as a man to do that you know what i mean like he's like yeah like i respect them and like i listen to their problems and like i try and help them and Mm -hmm. stuff um but the thing is like i'm not sure what else to do and i was like I feel like the focus is for men is always like, oh, how should I help women? But what you need to do is like look within your own kind, like (laughs) just like calling out men when like they do things and like holding other men accountable is like the best way. Because like we said before, men only listen to men. Yeah, that's really the if you're a man that wants to help women, like work on educating other men first because they're going to listen to you and you know how to come at that angle as someone who's learned past everything that you've had to to get to the point where you are yeah exactly because no offense but like every man has is like a misogynist like i'm sorry like you you were probably a misogynist sometime in your life like you know what it's like so speak from that angle that's the structure of life like yeah. you're gonna have to get past that at one point or another but that's where you started that's yeah. where everyone starts yeah like, even that's where women start and they have to learn better <laughs> yeah true that should be my sub hot tip because i don't think i also don't think women challenge their internal misogyny enough either (laughs) Mm -mm, yeah okay so my next one is kind of branching off of this one in that men should get their rights on an application basis only um i think i think (laughs) it's very (laughs) i think it's a little too much that they all have rights just like given to them like i don't understand like (laughs) i came into this world and i didn't have all my rights so like why should you you know so basically it's gonna be so once i'm dictator right like we're just gonna take away all the men's rights you can put it in an application if you want one all the brown men your applications are going to the bottom of the pile um (laughs) no one knows if they'll see the light of day because y'all do entirely too much (laughs) because here's the thing that's also another thing i wanted to point out was that like i know a lot of um uh, women of color and stuff like talk about like white men and like holding them accountable and stuff but like for me maybe it's because i grew up in a predominantly um asian like indian community i feel like brown men have like disrespected me and oppressed me a lot more than white men i feel like that's um another reason why i don't have as much disdain for white men as i do for brown men you know maybe it's also because i date brown men no for real because like how can i even expect better from a white man when brown men don't even do that for me like yeah it's very much based on the hierarchy like you're you're gonna oppress the person who's right below you like if you even notice like black men oppress black women and then it, it just goes down mm-hmm. like that. You're just going to look at who's um, underneath you and like the, the stepping ladder, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if I feel like if men were at a disadvantage for long enough, maybe they would try to understand women. <laughs> <laughs> See, I am. This is this is ingenious. Honestly, someone pitched this. Like brown men will also focus on their race and the disadvantage that gives them and not realize what a privilege it is to be a man like (laughs) yeah no i think that like even when brown women um exclusively date brown men in the hopes that like okay well like they're more similar to me so they'll understand i have actually like noticed like as i see more and more interracial couples like even there was one in my family like i realized that like when you date someone outside of your race like even if you dated a white man of course there's exceptions to this obviously like this is just my experience like i feel like you're operating from an from a place of like oh i don't know their culture and i don't know what their lived experience is so i'm going to try and learn it and i'm going to try and adapt to it and like incorporate them into my life you know what i mean but like as a brown woman dating a brown man you think it's going to be more comfortable but the thing is like they're operating from the idea that they already know how you operate they know everything about you like they're not trying Mm -hmm. to like adapt or like you know accommodate your lived experience 
because i think it's the same oh that's a good point that they think your living experience is the same mm-hmm. yeah one more thing let me add on to that um brown men seek to date their mothers oh. <laughs> it's one thing i've noticed like um obviously like most brown moms are like very much like baby their sons and stuff like that and so like you can notice like a trend in that like brown men want like a woman who is extremely like attentive and like meets all their needs without them communicating them and all of that and like that very much like looks and sounds exactly like your mom like no matter how much of like a good or bad relationship you have with your mom like what i've noticed is brown men do seek to date their mothers it's very strange but it is true moving on well, that's such a eh. <laughs> i know right the way i said that but like if you really think about it like just really think about it let that marinate <laughs> yeah i know that's like a whole thing on twitter like people will be like you seek out your parents or relationships but that has just like i know like the explanations that they give are like very accurate but the whole like thought process behind that just that bothers me <laughs> my next hot take this one this one has been on my mind for a long time i can speak on a whole podcast about this like i could literally i could talk about this forever (laughs) our inability to express negative emotions because they're seen as unacceptable and as a tell of your character is absolutely crazy like i think that is unhinged like the fact not even anger i feel like there is some space for anger we've talked about anger envy jealousy resentment why are those seen as a sign of your character but anger and sadness are not like if if someone was coming up to me and they started talking about how they were like jealous why is it my first instinct is to be like oh my god she's a jealous ass bitch like (laughs) even with me like i have been jealous and i have not wanted to express that at times because it's seen as like such an ugly thing and we're not allowed to properly express jealousy and resentment and that's why i think that's the emotion that also builds up the most because you're not allowed to tell other people about it yeah you're just not (laughs) yeah i think that in our society we do attach value to emotions um i think that it also varies from person to person like you're saying like the emotion that you struggled to express was envy right like for me it's very much anger so like that might be like a family thing or like something like something deeper but wouldn't you say that like you wouldn't really want to say like you're jealous of people yeah but i don't get that jealous of people (laughs) like i feel like the very much like a big part of media is like or like on twitter is like oh, I could never be jealous because, like, I'm that bitch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I also don't really experience envy enough to, like, want, have, have be in, like, situations where, like, oh, I want to express it, but, like, I don't want... Like, that's not, like, a... That's not, like, an emotion that, like, I struggle with or, like, that comes up very often, you know? And, like, that doesn't... And, like, you know, even when I say that, I feel like I'm... I'm I feel like I'm insinuating that I'm better, but I'm really not better for not experiencing experiencing envy it's just a fact that i just don't experience it that much you know what i mean i think one thing um for me is like expressing anger or something like people will be like oh like when you're angry go hit something or like scream or do something right and i'm like what do you mean like what do you mean be violent when you're angry like that's something that has i've always struggled with yeah because i would i feel like anger is also a a sign of like your character like i watched this reality tv show called big boss and like there's this one guy on the show that just he gets angry so often it's like the indian version of big brother and like i see that as such a sign of his character like i could i hate when people are angry like that's so annoying to me (laughs) yeah no for me like what i was saying before was that like 
I I can't like express anger like in violent ways. Like it's very mm-hmm. much like I channel my anger into productive tasks, but I don't think that's like completely healthy as me- as much as that seems like very healthy. It's more high functioning rather than healthy. Mm-hmm. I think that like sometimes you should be you should be able to like punch something or scream or whatever. And like I simply cannot bring myself to do that. And like maybe that is just because of the way I've interpreted anger my whole life, like seeing like men um be like very like loud and, you know, violent when they're angry like that has been like something that I made as like a judge of character and therefore I don't let myself act like that Mm -hmm. I think we all need to be able to like fully feel our feelings and fully express them to get over them yeah I I totally agree Mm -hmm. I feel like I also feel like um envy and resentment can be the root of like self-esteem issues or insecurity like a lot of the time and i feel like because people do not address that it builds up over time like a lot of the time that people have like especially surrounding like weight or like body image issues i feel like a lot of that starts from resentment or from envy and people don't really address that they're just like oh i can become better and i'm like well what is better you're holding like another image of someone as better yeah i don't know how would you address that then like how would you work through that or express it I think you just have to work through jealousy by like feeling it fully and then getting over it but because people want to like they want to pretend like they're not jealous okay so like letting yourself spiral yeah because I don't I wouldn't want to express jealousy either like if I was jealous of someone I would want to be like it's like it's kind of like that narrative where like if a, if a friend is successful like you should be happy for them you shouldn't be jealous like that's a hot take that I see like all the time but like again your emotions are your emotions if you ever do feel envious of someone or resentful about someone like you cannot help that feeling you can't just like brush that under the rug and be like i'm so happy for you like of course you shouldn't go up to that person and be like yeah i'm jealous like that's something you need to work through personally but like not accepting your own feelings is where you'll get into trouble I think there's like a difference between expressing your emotions in like clear language like being like i'm really happy for you like i'm glad you had that and i I want you to have that but like right now like I don't want to hear about it just because it makes me really jealous because of the place I'm at you know what I mean I think that there's a there's like two very different extremes in that like what I've noticed when people are jealous is they're, they're they'll either go over the top and be like wow that's so amazing like this is this 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 and that right and do like the absolute most or they'll do the complete opposite and completely shut that person down like try and take them mm-hmm. down a peg and stuff like that and I think that like communication is like that bridge between like that happy medium you know what i mean it like gives you the time to like spiral out into your emotions but doesn't like sever relationships in the process Mm -hmm. even you saying that like i was still taken aback because like (laughs) i'm not going up to someone and being like i'm jealous of you like i feel like i would be so it would be so much easier for me to be like i'm angry with you or like i'm sad right now than to like communicate that i'm jealous of someone like that is such an ick for me like i couldn't i i would know (laughs) (laughs) i'm saying this but like i also don't get jealous very often and that's also why like it's very hard to like not want to just brush it under the rug like whenever i get jealous of people which is like very rarely i'm just like this is something you'll get over in like a couple minutes like let go (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i'm not really sure um how i would work through that because also there's not really like guidelines for like working through jealousy you see all these things like all the time of how to properly express sadness or like Mm -hmm. how to work through sadness that's because sadness is not seen as something that's like your fault. I think that anger also is seen as something that's like very much your fault. It was caused by something, you know what I mean? Sadness is like more understandable, I guess, and like more like 
especially with like the all the conversation around mental health i think that mm-hmm. there's a lot of discussion around like sadness and depression rather than like anger and envy and all these other things that are a lot more complex i feel like yeah because at the root of this is a feeling of inadequacy and like how do you help someone work through that it's very personal like it's not as easy to get through i think that the automatic um thing that people seek to do is just to brush it under the rug or maybe even seek affirmation from like outside sources you know but like yeah you're completely right in that you just need to let yourself feel it like fully and like work through it internally or else it just gets bigger and bigger it's just like that's just like so odd to me that like certain emotions are seen as more private and things that should not be talked about like a jealousy that would be like my main one of course there's other emotions but that one is just like the easiest one that like is a point across okay so my very last one is the north indian superiority complex is just colorism that's it that's literally it like i don't want to hear the excuses of oh no but we're so much more fun we have bollywood we have this okay first of all bollywood perpetuates <laughs> colorism the way that people really use Bollywood as an example of why they are why North Indians are better, like that is every reason why you're worse. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that like, I think, uh, yeah, I've been hearing like this whole thing, like since I was very young, like from middle school, like people would be like, oh yeah, like North Indians, like we're better than you, like this and that, like Gujaratis, I'm side-eyeing you as of right now. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, there's like a lot of pride in that. And like, it's not even just pride, it's, it's, superiority like even like we were talking about this how like whenever people try and represent like india or something like it's all north indian faces like it's so tiring um i also understand that like them having superiority complex also gives south indians an inferiority complex and that's also something to work past because like we should also have pride in our own things. Like, you know what I mean? Instead of asking them to make space for us, like, we should also start representing ourselves. And I see a lot of that, like, with, like, dark-skinned women or even just South Indian women, like, representing themselves on, like, media. Even if it's just as, like, influencers on Instagram, like, that is, like, a stepping stone towards, um, you know, being represented in, like, bigger media, you know? Like, what's her name? Cass? Cass V on Twitter and Instagram. So she is, like, a really good example of that. And she's Tamil, so shout out to her. I definitely agree in that North Indians are like overly represented in media like at this point I just find it like tiring and overdone which obviously isn't fair to them but like to see time and time again like all these like aesthetic pages and it's no I think it's fair there I think they're annoying as hell so that's it I do find them slightly annoying I'm not gonna lie because every time I see like these aesthetic pages or these aesthetic TikToks these videos that people make representing Indian culture it's always North Indian culture there's like very little South Indian culture even like what India is known for like our famous food our famous traditions our famous holidays like media again movies songs everything is north indian and it's like very like overdone and tiring and yeah whenever i feel like people make spaces for south indians i feel like north indians still infringe on that space because they just are like we're all india like yeah north indian south india unite and i'm like yeah but can south indians have like a space for our things because we do not have representation yeah so just to like wrap up my idea like i think there's a like they they present it as pride but it's very much a superiority complex and it's basically just colorism because they're lighter etc 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 but yeah Mm -hmm. my last um controversial opinion that's not even it shouldn't even be controversial people that don't believe in any conspiracies or supernatural things are so boring and you take reality like way too seriously (laughs) (laughs) If, if you cannot discuss with me about aliens like 
I think you take life a bit too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't really like supernatural things don't really interest me and like that very much coincides with the fact that I am very realistic about like life and everything else. And like I think um that that is just how I was raised. I'm not really sure. Like I think that as I'm growing older, like I try and challenge those um realistic beliefs by like having discussions like that but at the end of the day it'll never really interest me to the point that it interests like people who are idealists what was your hot take on astrology (laughs) ma'am oh yeah (laughs) okay so these are just statements and um things that i have observed if this hurts you in any way um go to therapy (laughs) okay so basically (laughs) so this is my hot take pisces men are extremely insecure taurus men are boring Aquariuses seem friendly, and they are, but they're extremely judgmental, like the most judgmental sign. Geminis think they're quirky for never explaining themselves, but it's not. And they also have way too much (laughs) (laughs) self-acceptance. Cancers have zero self-awareness. And then the stereotype for Leos is accurate, but not in a good way. I have, okay, I also have like this weird attraction towards Capricorns, like not even men, like just Capricorns in general. Don't know what it is. Um, don't know if it's a good thing, but um, that's that's. Uh, let me put that out there. And then Virgos are good at anything and everything. That is because Kavya is a Virgo. I would like to. Yeah, <laughs> let me just say I'm also a Virgo. Girl, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I was talking to Roja about this, and like she was like, maybe the reason why you have a weird attraction towards Capricorns is because you're an Earth sign. And I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I'll say Virgos are perfectionists, and that girl yeah, that <laughs> take is, that as yeah. It is. See, we could, we could, yeah. I know we could dive deeper and like add discourse to this. The reason why these things are the way they are, but these are my observations. And like, I feel like every time I talk about astrology, I have to like do some like fine print side note about the fact that I don't know much about it, and these are just the patterns that I've observed amongst the people I know. The fact that you can even observe patterns—that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> the way I don't know anything about astrology and I cannot remember people's birthdays it cannot be me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's really interesting. But yeah, continue. That's all. Also, men that don't believe in astrology, what do you have to prove? <laughs> Let women have some fun. That is all. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I will once again think you are boring. Like, <laughs> yeah, I said this in our last episode on the universe when I was basically saying, like, astrology is just another kind of personality typing like that's all it is Mm -hmm. but yeah that's all of the quote-unquote hot takes that we have today let us know if you actually think they're hot takes or if they were very generic if you don't agree please hit us up i would like to know why (laughs) (laughs) overall just dm us on your opinions (laughs) yeah no like the the point of like no discourse december and sometimes the reason why i won't always explain myself is just because some topics especially surrounding like social constructs like the patriarchy and things like like that like there's only so much i can say to make you like to explain that to you like like puja was saying like we have different lived experiences and like sometimes you just have to make a statement and go but we tried our best to add some kind of discourse to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to do a part two because I know we have so many random things to say. But yeah, definitely look out for um, more episodes in the future. Mm-hmm. I think our religion one will definitely be very controversial. <laughs> very <laughs> controversial. Maybe hard to hear for some of you. Also, though, like we're thinking about plastic surgery as well. But if you have any other ideas for us on things you just want us to talk about, Hit us up, yeah. And this was Coaches Don't Play.